Hey, listen, I, um, I'm going to be sitting a lot during this message because I'm old. Um, actually, uh, I was sick this past week. Now, something just happened. I just greatly reduced the number of people that are going to shake my hand at the end of the service. All right, and some of you are going, did I shake his hand before the service, you know? Um, I feel a lot better, just, you know how it is, the energy is a little low. So I'm going to try to stay seated, okay? Um, today, we're going to continue in our series, Radically Normal, uh, Radically Normal. And if you missed last week's message uh, online, go back and read uh, Radically Normal Love. Just a fantastic message. Gary Thompson did that. Just, just a great message. Today, we're talking about Radically Normal Forgiveness. And everybody has forgiveness issues. Everybody has forgiveness issues. I could tell you about growing up. And we had an older family member that just really caused my immediate family a lot of pain. I have memory after memory, maybe a catalog of memories of this person doing that. I got a catalog of memories of this person being one of the sweetest people you could ever meet, but also being one of the most mean, just one of the meanest people you could ever meet. But you know what? You probably have memories of an unsafe family member. I could go back. I've been in the church, you know, a Christian for, you know, 34 years, something like that. And I could tell you about people in church that have, you know, lied to me, lied about me, um, wronged me in some way. But yet you may have memories of people in church that have done the same thing. But I think what I want to share with you today is where I'm struggling today with the issue of forgiveness. Because I'm really angry at Cage's birth mom. I'm really angry. Now you've heard me maybe talk about her in the past and this is a sweet girl. Broken. Listen, terrible start to life. Terrible circumstances in life. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know if um, given the circumstance, if I'd have been born in her place, that I would have been any different or, or any probably worse. But I'm angry. We've just spent two days holding this kid in bed. Because he's having seizures and he's scared and he's anxious and it's why me? Why do I have seizures? And you're, you're, you're having to deal with that. And so I'm watching these seizures that used to be once a month, like bad seizure days. Now they're like once every six days. And, and I'm watching that and I'm watching them get worse. And we tried surgery and it didn't work. And I'm, and I'm mad because of the decisions she made while she was pregnant with. And it's not just that. I'm watching the OCD get, get worse as I'm holding him in bed yesterday. He's, all, he's just touching. He's got to touch every corner of the bed and probably spent who knows how much time doing that yesterday. His Tourette's. The anxiety. Not want to leave the house. Just watching his life grow more difficult each year 
that we've had him for the last 10 years. His level of misery continues to grow. And so I'm dealing with his anger with her. And it's because of the decisions she made. And so I had to forgive again. And I'll have to forgive again. And I'll have to forgive again. Now all of us in this room, at some point in our life, have been wronged by or hurt by somebody, or we've watched somebody wrong or hurt somebody that we love. And we all have this opportunity to forgive. Now, the, the reason this message is important, because it's almost like in our culture today, in this cancel culture, we almost have a zero tolerance for, for mistakes, or we have a zero tolerance for sin. We have a zero tolerance for wrong. I mean, it's amazing how many times do we see on the news where somebody did something, even maybe 10 or 20 or 30 years ago, and it's being found out, and now they're being canceled. What the reason this is important is the culture can push in on the church. And if we're not careful, we can have a zero tolerance. We can have the same canceled culture mentality that the world has. So we know people that have hurt us, right? And let me say this. Sometimes very badly. Or we see people that, that aren't living up to our standards. And if we're not careful, we can automatically count them condemned. Unworthy, even, of Christ's forgiveness, much less us forgiving them. But see, that, that's not the gospel of peace. That that's not the gospel that, that you and I came to believe in. That, that is not the gospel that Jesus preached. And so today we're going to deal with this issue of forgiveness. And, and, and Jesus brought it up because Peter asked a question. I want you to look at this question that Peter asked. Verse, verse 21 of chapter 18 says, Peter came to him, Jesus, and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone's sins who sins against me? Seven times? Now, there's a reason, Peter. Peter was a little bit of a kiss-up. We all know that, right? If you, if you just read the Gospels, and you'll see this. Peter was just a little bit of that. So Peter asks this question, and I can just imagine Peter saying, man, I've got the best answer in the world seven times, because the rabbis taught three times. And if you go back to the Old Testament, the rabbis were teaching, no, you forgive somebody three times. Let me ask you this question. What if you only got three times to be forgiven? Let, let me talk to the men in the room. Now, let's talk about what sin is. Sin's not this always this atrocious act, you know. Sin is just missing the mark. Sin is not being perfect. What if you only had three times not to be perfect? That's horrible for all of us. And Peter said, you know what? I'm going to double it. and I'm going to add one to it. And man, Jesus is going to think, I am just it. 
So I can imagine him saying, what, what do you think, seven times, Jesus? That's what I would do. No. Normal would have been three. Normal would have been three. First time, listen, we all missed the mark. First time I ever preached on forgiveness. It was the very first time we were in Eastside High School. I preached on forgiveness. There was about 300 people in the room. The service was over, and a lady walked up to me and said, Scott, I forgive you. And she walked off. If she'd have known the thoughts I had then, she'd have to forgive me again, you know. <laughs> How dare you walk up to somebody and say, you forgive them. Don't tell them what it's about, you know. We all missed the mark. You know, apparently I missed the mark and never knew how I did. There is nothing normal about forgiveness. There's nothing normal about it. Normal in their culture, again, was, was three times. Ours may just be once. I'll give you one shot at this. And depending on the offense, you, you may not get one. Jesus replies to Peter in verse 22. No, not seven times, but 77 times. Uh, Peter, I, I'm going to blow your, your definition of normal and your, and your little bit of your pride. I'm going to blow that just through the, the roof. No, not seven times, 77 times, or maybe not even 77. It could be 70 times seven. It could be like 490 times. What he's saying is there's an infinite number. You don't stop forgiving, Peter. I bet he's floored. One, the whole culture taught three times. And now you're saying an infinite number of times? I bet he thought that's impossible. Who can do this? And isn't that the question, really? Who can do this? Who, who can forgive? Or maybe the even greater question is, how can I do this? How can I forgive? How can I forgive someone who's hurt my kids? How can I forgive someone who's hurt me? How can I forgive someone who's hurt my family? How? might be the bigger question. You and I have been forgiven much, but often we forgive so little. Man, you and I, I what I love about Morgan, Morgan knows right now she has been forgiven much. It wasn't based on her parents' faith. It's based on her decision and her faith in Christ. She knows that without a doubt. Man, do you know that? Man, that you have been forgiven much. But sometimes we know that, but we often forget and we forgive so little. And the reason being is that sometimes we don't understand our sin. We, we don't understand the depth of our sin. And listen, it may not have been, you may not have been a, a mom that was pregnant and, and, and had four or five different drugs in your system when, when your child was born. Maybe it was just a, a chronic liar. Or maybe it was putting too much, too much trust in your own goodness. Maybe it was pride. Sometimes we don't understand our own sin. And we don't understand forgiveness. So Jesus tells Peter a story. He tells Peter and those that are, are listening, he tells them the story. And listen to what he says. Therefore the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king 
who decided to bring his accounts up to date with the servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned, to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master, and he begged him, please be patient with me, I will pay it all. Now listen to this. This is the the best sentence in, in, in this section. He said, then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him, and he forgave the millions of dollars in debt. Is that a great story? Man, man that, that is a great story. That's, that's the best story. Man, that, that's the kind of story, man, that makes you feel good. If you're watching that on Netflix last night, and you see this guy before, this guy begging for his life, begging for his family and his kids, and I go, you know what? You can go. It's all paid. Man, we go, man, that is fantastic. You'd be recommending that story to your friends. That's our story. You and I are that guy. Man, we had a debt that, that we couldn't pay. And God said, hey, you know what? It's, it's been paid. I wonder if hearing Peter's question saddened Jesus. Think about it. Jesus, how many times must I must I forgive somebody that sins against me? Sin. It's the whole reason Jesus came. Sin. It's the whole reason he had to be punished and, and he had to die. Sin was the, the whole reason he, he was here. To take that punishment. We just went through communion where, where his body was broken and his blood was shed because of our sin. I wonder if it saddened Jesus when Peter didn't grasp sin. It's because of people's sin that, that Jesus came. It's because of Peter's sin, Matthew's sin, Herod's sin, Goliath's sin, Moses' sin, Noah's sin. It was because of their sin, my sin, your sin. That's why Jesus came. That's why he died. That's why he rose again, thank God. Scripture tells us for all have sinned. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single person in the room, every single person watching online, every single person that has ever lived, every single person that will live, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of that sin is death. There is a debt to be paid, and it is death. But the King, the Father, through Christ, Paid that debt for all who would believe. Yeah, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift to God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And that comes about through faith in Jesus. The forgiveness of sin, the forgiveness of that debt, that million dollars worth of debt was paid in Jesus. And now we're right with God. And now there is no condemnation. Listen, for those who know, those who are settled, those who have let Jesus pay their debt, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. It's a great story. 
I mean, it's a wow. That man in the story just experienced this. So how would you expect him to act? Let's go back to the, to the story. <clears throat> but when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. This sounds like what just happened. Be patient with me and I will pay it. But his creditor wouldn't wait. And the guy that had been forgiven, the guy who had his debt paid or relieved, he had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. If you're sitting on your sofa and you're watching this being played out on Netflix, you just threw your popcorn. You're mad. That's not right. Man, that, that, that is wrong. Off with his head. Nobody would like that story. That could be us. That could be me. Jesus is saying to Peter that day, and he may be saying to you this morning, you're that man. You're that man. You have been forgiven so much by the Father. How then can you refuse to, to look past the sins and errors in your brothers and sisters? If you truly understood the, the heinous nature of of our own sin against God. Scripture says, against you, Lord, have I sinned. It may have been against someone else, but it's always, always against God. If we truly understand the nature of our sin and we truly understand the extravagant love of God, then your heart... It's going to be radically transformed to the point that same kind of forgiveness becomes normal to you. Man, that's radical. When you're forgiving people like the Father has forgiven you, not like the world forgives, but like the Father forgives. We can remember every time we've been wronged. And pain has an unbelievable thumbprint. And it's like it lasts forever. We can remember every time we've been wronged, every time we've been deceived, every time we've been lied to. And, and let me say this. And, and to be sure of this, some of you have been hurt and betrayed in ways that are unimaginable to most. And I get that. I get it. It was evil. But here's what Jesus is saying to us, to all of us. First and foremost, you must look to me, he says. You must look to me and see what I've done for you. Man, look at what Jesus has done for us. Look at this incredible sin debt that he has paid for us. 
Remember that your sins are forgiven through faith in Jesus. Then he will free our souls to the point that we can let go of unforgiveness and we can let go of bitterness and we can have a heart that forgives. Accept his forgiveness. Then forgive others. I know it hurt. I know it was wrong. But accept his forgiveness. Focus on his forgiveness to you. Then you can forgive others. Then it will be your turn to trust him and forgive others. See, the power to forgive is found in remembering how much he's forgiven us. Because a forgiven heart always forgives. If I could change that wording, a forgiven heart always can forgive. I want to say that one more time. A forgiven heart always can forgive. Now, I want you to see this warning that Jesus lays out for Peter and whoever else is listening. He continues with a story. This guy just had that person thrown in jail because he, he wouldn't forgive their debt. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. Now listen to what he tells Peter. And listen to what he tells us. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Man that was forgiven much wouldn't forgive others. And the father had him thrown in jail, thrown imprisonment where he was tortured. That is what my heavenly father would do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. The good news is this. I know what you're thinking. I've been there. How do I do this? A forgiven heart can always forgive. I'm telling you, a forgiven heart can always forgive. It does not have to treat people the way they deserve it. Maybe you, you saw or heard about this football game that happened in, in 2008. No, I'm not talking about UGA. <laughs> there was a football game in, in 2008. Um, Grapevine, Texas. Uh, Grapevine Faith Academy versus Gainesville, Gainesville State School. Uh, Gainesville State School is a maximum security uh, juvenile correction school. And it's full of young thieves, gangs, um, arsonists, sexual offenders, murderers. And they didn't have a home field, so they traveled to all their games uh, in cuffs. And they never won a game. And they never had a, a single fan. 
Well, Grapevine Faith is a Christian school. And the coach, Chris Hogan, decided that the Gainesville State football team deserved something more than that. So one cold November night, uh, half of Grapevine's fans cheered for the team members of the correctional facility. And as Gainesville got off the bus, they had a 40-yard tunnel of arms and hands uh, and cheers to run under. A banner to break through. They had cheerleaders on their side. And they had fans there that actually knew their names and, and cheered them on during the game. Well, Gainesville lost again that night. But after the game, they celebrated like they had won the Super Bowl. Because maybe for the first time ever in their lives, they weren't treated as they were deserved. Someone saw much more than a bunch of criminals when they looked at them. And they felt forgiveness. And after the, the game, the, the teams met in the middle as customary for the Christian school. And they were going to pray. But the quarterback for the correctional schools asked if he could pray. And this is what he said. Lord, I don't know how this happened, so I don't know how to say thank you. But I never would have known there were so many people in the world that cared about us. Not treating people as they deserve. So what do you and I do today? And we radically forgive. We radically forgive. My wife Tracy and I, we love Ashley. That's Cage's birth mom. We love her. And we, we, more Tracy than me, has, has witnessed to her about Jesus Christ. And we pray for her. We talk to Cage about her. Um, we have uh, paid for hotel rooms for her. We have bought her groceries and, and bus tickets and um, money for groceries. And we allow her to see Cage when she is safe. And you're thinking, how do you do that? Because Tracy and I remember how much God has forgiven us. Who do you need to radically forgive? This morning. Who do you need to radically forgive? Again. Or maybe again. Or maybe again. And the only way we can do that is we constantly remember how many times a father has forgiven us. Again. And again. And again. We remember what the father has done. So this morning, maybe before you radically forgive someone, maybe you come to the Father. And allow Him to speak His forgiveness over you. Allow Him to let you know that He takes pleasure in everything that He has made, even you. Maybe to allow yourself to remember 
the sin debt that he washed away through Christ. Or maybe you don't need to forgive somebody. You need to ask for forgiveness. Father God, thank you for um, Peter asking such a crazy question. And thank you for always having the perfect answer. And Father, now maybe we just need to rest in front of you for a moment. And remember how much you've forgiven us. Or maybe come to you for forgiveness for the first time. Father, through the words of the song, Father, through your spirit, Lord, minister to us in only the way that you can. And I pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen.